So um, I received uh, uh, three or more uh, questions about something that's going on in, in New Zealand at the moment. They have an election, and in part of the election is a um, referendum on a couple of issues, one involving uh, euthanasia and the other one involving the legalization of, of marijuana. And so the questions were sort of like dealing with, of course, those issues, but some of the, the bigger picture stuff. And so we will speak about that um, tonight and possibly over the next couple of um, talks that we do so that we can cover the, the, the whole spectrum of, of things that come up with these, with these issues. So tonight, um, I was just going to speak primarily about um, the legalization of uh, marijuana and the, the spiritual perspective. I'll read a, a question um, that came in, which gives you an idea of kind of where we're going to be going with things. And they asked in, in relation to the, the question of, of marijuana usage and, and other things. We see the majority of people demanding the freedom to choose to do whatever they feel is desirable, although some of these things may be considered illegal. Where should the line be drawn between individual responsibility or slash discretion and government legislation slash enforcement. So you can see that that opens up a whole um, can of worms, as it were. Uh, I'd like to begin by making the point that freedom, freedom from a spiritual perspective is the highest understanding of what it is to be completely free. There was this understanding or appreciation about the laws of karma that for every choice that you make, there is a consequence for every action that you undertake, there will be a result that will affect you and implicate you going forward in, in different ways. In the Vedic teaching, the idea of freedom was to become free from that reaction or consequence of my choices which which bind me bind me to the world bind me to potential happiness or suffering um, going forward 
so, and, and I'll just give a little perspective on that. There was this appreciation that when you take birth, it's not the same for everyone. Everything is not, everybody is not born into equal circumstance. Some people are born with handsome or beautiful bodies. They're born with a natural fitness or abilities and talents. Some people are born in, in wealthy societies. Um, other people are born into great poverty. Some people are born with disability. Um, some people have wonderful opportunities for education and employment. Others have very little opportunity for education and employment. And I've always felt a little sad, I guess is the right term. You know, when we hear this big uproar in America and other parts of the world where you get elements of the population attacking the, the wealthy people and describing them as the 1%. And wanting to somehow, through law and through legislation of law, make it so that wealthy people are not so wealthy and that the poorer sectors of society get to have more of the economic benefits. And it's always kind of like amazed me because it's like, well, don't, don't you get it? Don't you understand that while you may be feeling that you are in the 99%, when you live in a very privileged and wealthy country, you are the 1% of the world. And if you are going to apply that idea just within the context of your small social group without taking into consideration the broader perspective in the world. I mean, how, how much uh, are you as an individual willing to give up to the impoverished peoples of the world who, who have significantly less than yourself? So uh, the point I'm making is not to want to be critical or to even say that that's a necessarily a bad idea. I'm not talking about that. But I think there, there is a need to see things in a, in a bigger perspective. In relation to the topic that we're talking about now, the, from the spiritual perspective, freedom was not about the freedom to make choices, the freedom to choose to do this or to do that without any inhibition or anything. Their, their idea was much deeper and much broader. There was a recognition that there is a consequence to all my choices and all my actions. The laws of karma will dictate going forward in my life and beyond what I'm going to experience because of my choices. 
And so from the spiritual perspective, this was considered that people weren't truly free, that they were bound by the laws of material nature and the laws of karma. And the idea of freedom was to become free from that, from that bondage. So you can see just by applying you know, that understanding, the way they saw things was, was uh, you know, in a much bigger perspective. Um, the question that was asked sort of raises the questions of morality, if I can use that term, in terms of, of, of uh, for societies, what societies are willing to embrace as being allowable or probably good and what they are going to reject. Um, but we won't get into those sort of issues here tonight. We'll, we'll look at that maybe in, in uh, two weeks away. Um, so what, what we're going to discuss here is like just in relation to the issue of, of marijuana usage. Um, firstly, I'm, I'm, I'm not a prude. <laughs> I, I had a very wild youth. I, I utilized all forms of intoxicants um, and, and starting from when I was about 14. And... Um, became quite a heavy user of some of these things. For me, I had this notion or idea that it could somehow, marijuana and hallucinogenics could somehow induce a spiritual experience or some bigger understanding or realization of consciousness, of the world, of my purpose in life and things like that. And so this was the excuse that I, I used um, in, in my youth. Quite often the argument that has been used in relation to the discussion of the use of, of marijuana was that Alcohol is actually more destructive. There is more damage being done to society from alcohol usage than marijuana. And so marijuana should therefore be allowed because it's nowhere near as destructive and harmful. It's kind of interesting. I, I, we're working on a documentary at the moment with the alcohol and other drugs court here. Um, it's a it's an approach, a legal approach, to the issue of addiction, and 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 when specifically when it has when it's the underpinning for criminal behavior or criminal activity, it has to do with treating the the addiction issue. And of course, in the name, they've got alcohol and other drugs. So there is this this growing understanding that alcohol is also a a drug. Um, it, because it is uh, popular and widely accepted, 
it doesn't make it not a drug and it doesn't mean that it doesn't alter your uh, perceptions, your, doesn't affect your state of consciousness because it very much does. Rather than trying to look at the issue from as to whether society should legalize and embrace the use or not, I would just like to hone in um, on the, the spiritual question. A person that is endeavoring to engage in a spiritual life, they are on a journey of self-discovery. And when we say self, we are talking of the actual spiritual being residing within the body and, and the one that is meant to be using and not being used by the mind. This is quite a radical conception. And it's sort of like, wow, it is diametrically um, opposed to materialism. Materialism is built upon the fundamental idea that I am material, that this body is me and the mind, which is perceived to, to be a function of the brain, which we understand it is not, um, that this is who, who I am and to fulfill my desires in a way that doesn't cause harm to others, supposedly, is meant to be the objective and, and goal of life. We know that to be incredibly short-sighted and leads to um, the great unhappiness and lack of fulfillment being experienced in, in the world now. So on this spiritual journey of self-discovery to reconnect with my deeper inner spiritual being, one of the huge obstacles is considered in, the, in this all schools of yoga to be the mind. The mind and its propensity to be caught up in, in emotions in different ways and to be the big driving force for choices and actions that will come from those choices is considered a huge impediment for the yogi. When the mind is uncontrolled or unbridled, it is actually described in the Bhagavad Gita as being one's greatest enemy. Whereas a mind that is controlled and directed and utilized um, can be one's greatest friend. One of the things that we, we do in, in the classes that we run in prisons and things is to try and teach people impulse control through meditation and, and mindfulness. We have this big problem in the world where society is actually being totally driven by advertising fundamentally. And now that is very much um, uh, 
encompasses social media use because social media use is all about um, moving people's opinions and offering products and services which can be you know exploited for financial gain. That's the that's what it's all about. Totally about at least from the point of view of those people that design it and provide the platforms for everybody else to use. One of the great principles, and when I say great, I mean it's tremendous in size and power, not that it is great or wonderful. One of the great principles or foundations for both materialism and consumerism is the idea that I should not exercise impulse control. I should give in to whatever desires or thoughts or things that come to me. And of course, the idea is that people will be placing desires and wants in my mind and trying to get me to, without any consideration of what it's really going to cost, what the real cost is going to be, and the effect it'll have me, just go out and spend the money and and get the experience or the object or whatever, and I will become fulfilled and happy by doing that. And this is a terrible idea. It is absolutely not only terrible, it is actually a destructive idea. So in the yoga system, there was this focus about bringing the mind within my control and my making this conscious choices. What kind of a life am I going to live? What is the purpose of my life? And to consider whether my choices and the actions that I am taking are actually going to help me achieve that purpose. One of the most serious problems with all forms of, and I'm going to broadly categorize them as intoxication, is that they completely empower the mind. They have a tendency to Um, help people become lost in the world of thoughts and ideas and emotions, which can often be disconnected from the reality of this world and the reality of what we need to do to live a, a happy and productive and deeply meaningful life. So from that point of view, <clears throat> the idea of, of recreational use of marijuana or alcohol or any other kind of, of mood-altering substance is never going to help a person from a spiritual perspective. And in all likelihood, what it's going to do is make it so that their life passes by. In, in this documentary I mentioned we're doing with the drug court, I mean, you see people that have been heavy users of alcohol, for instance, you know, for almost all of their life. 
and they're already grandfathers, for instance. And there's one gentleman that got up in court and he broke down and cried because his grandchildren told him that they had always been scared of him. And he had absolutely no idea that that was the effect that he was having on them. It was due to his, you know, heavy usage of alcohol, his disconnection from, you know, family and the environment and just being locked into his head and the experience he's having. And the idea that his sweet little grandchildren had always been scared of him and now were revealing this, he, he broke down and, and cried. You know, this is just like, and, and I can give limitless examples of how when we are not present, when we are not functioning in a, in a thoughtful and compassionate and kind way with those in our immediate circle of influence, we are not going to have the quality of life that we actually seek and desire within, the, within our heart of hearts. There is a big issue with now the, the hybrids of, of um, the hybridization of, of marijuana. It, it's incredibly um, more potent than it was when, when I was a young person, um, you know, 50 years ago when I was using it. It's sort of like things have, have changed so much and now they're finding, and, and if, let me just make this point. And of course, the, the reason that is happening is because they want to provide a stronger, a greater high. So what? F for profit. It's only, only about profit. The more I can help you disconnect and go into some wor another world and to try to escape you know, the reality of life and some of the difficulties that you may be faced with. The fact that you are purposeless, the fact that you are just floating around. Um, people want to increase the, the potency in order to gain more market share, but it's having a profound effect. They're finding, for instance, that that people who begin using in their early teenage years now with a, with a type of, of marijuana that's been sold, the cannabis, they, they um, are suffering vastly higher um, conditions of, of mental illness. And, and in, in it's manifesting in, in so many different ways. It's not contributing to people being really healthy and wholesome, having a real stable foundation. People have been taken off into the, the world of the mind. And it's sort of like very much tied into where movies are going and everything where people, there's no distinction between fantasy and reality. They've become very much interwoven together. And with all the games and everything, people have been encouraged to live in more fantasy worlds, which is not going to help them get through their life and come to that 
end of their life and to have found significant meaning and purpose and to be able to look at death in the face and not be totally freaked out, to see it as part of a continuum of some great discovery, this wonderful spiritual journey that they have embarked upon, a journey that brings enlightenment and and self-realization and God-realization and actually makes it so a person can begin to experience the real happiness that we are truly looking for. So for me, the arguments about, you know, marijuana is less harmful than alcohol, I mean, that's debatable. And let's see, I mean, they're finding, for instance, in in America, in the states where it's already been legalized, um, the amount of people being caught on the road, intoxicated, the number of accidents attributed to to marijuana usage is really going through the roof, um, vastly more than than prior to legalization. So there there are a lot of issues, and we're not going to talk about all the social issues, the mental health issues, the problems that come from it. We're just purely looking at from a spiritual point of view. If you are engaged in taking substances and doing things that empower the mind to control you and run your life, this will lead you away from self-realization, a realization of who you truly are and discovering your real worth as a spiritual being and to taste the great joy and happiness that comes from this enlightenment. And so fundamentally, from a spiritual perspective, it's really not a good idea. Socially, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. The thing is, how should, I think, society deal about it, uh, uh, deal with it? And, And unfortunately, there's not enough focus on a higher purpose or meaning to life. Everything's become very cheap and nasty in the sense that it's all just about physical looks and the ability to buy sneakers that are worth just hundreds and even a thousand plus dollars. And it's just like, what are you thinking in placing value on all the, the, the trash and, and garbage, rubbish that different so-called influences want to um, entice us to become involved with. It's unfortunate. So I would like to ask you to join me in in a kirtan meditation. Um, We'll use the mantra Gopala Govindarama Madana Mohana. And... um, Take the time to breathe, to take this transcendental spiritual sound in through your ears, into your heart of hearts, and to actually immerse yourself in this wonderful sound, learning 
to develop a meditation habit, a daily practice, is actually of tremendous importance. This will transform your life. It will help you with purpose and understanding and perspective. It will lead you to real freedom and to true happiness. Thank you very much.
Thank you so very much for joining us and we'll see you next week. Haribo.